following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. Our readings this morning come to us from first from the book of Genesis and then from the book of Isaiah, from Genesis chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord, what will you give me? For I continue childless and the heir of the house of Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, The man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look towards the heavens and the number of stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So your offspring shall be. And he believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. From Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end and on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. There's a motif that happens in uh, literature, and this motif is called the king in disguise. And the king in disguise is that royalty that sneaks in somewhere. Maybe the first place we see this in Western literature is Odysseus in the Odyssey as he sneaks back in to his own throne room disguised as a sojourner. Or or maybe if you know the movie A Knight's Tale, when everything seems to be going wrong and Heath Ledger's character is in the stockade, up comes the prince who had been in these in these fights, in these jousting tournaments, disguised because he wanted to compete. And so he and his honor guard show up disguised to walk amongst the people. There's at least one or two or three versions of Robin Hood that have King Richard walking around in and amongst his people in disguise. Maybe you know of another book, another movie. King Arthur does it in several different stories of his. But this is a motif that shows up over and again. And in fact, as I was looking at it, this happens in real life. I've read a story about one of the kings, present day kings in the Middle East, who dressed up as a reporter so as to meet a dignitary coming to his land in the taxi as he came in. The king in disguise is a motif that kind of threads its way through history, and the purpose is for the king to be unknown, 
so he can walk amongst the people, so he can be seen but not be seen. And so the king among the people is a motif of the king putting aside his royal trappings to exist again amongst the common folk. We've been walking our way in Advent through this idea of unprecedented. And if we took a quarter for every time someone called this year unprecedented, we wouldn't need any more stimulus packages because it seems like everyone is saying, what an unprecedented time, what an unprecedented year. I don't know if you've seen any of the jokes of people talking about how uh, God and an angel are talking and the angel mistakes that God says, I want all these things to happen. And the angel says, in 2020, right? And he said, no, in the 2020s, it feels like a decade of things have happened in a matter of 12 months. And so as we look at Advent, we want to take that idea of unprecedented and look and see how does that apply to God's plan for Jesus as our Redeemer. So last week we talked about that plan. We said it was unprecedented that God would come down to save us, that he would send his son, that as creator, he didn't need to do that, but still he did. This week I want to talk about an unprecedented people. That God would look and would say, I'm going to come to this world through regular people. I will be the king in disguise. Our first Bible reading this morning was uh, the story of Abram, who becomes Abraham, the father of the people of Israel. Now, as we read that story, we can think, oh, well, this is Abraham. Abraham is a famous guy. He is well-known. But at that point, he was just some guy in the wilderness, speaking to God, that he trusted what God was saying. And if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've probably heard this idea of Abraham, Abram, your descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky. I don't know if you've been to a place where there is little to no light pollution. Chelsea and I got a chance to go to the middle of nowhere in the mountains in Arkansas for our vacation this year. And one morning we had it where we woke up real early and there were no clouds and you could see the Milky Way and the amount of stars were just unfathomable. So when we think number of stars, of course we know there are so many, but think of it this way. When there's no light pollution, when there's nothing there, when, when we have Abram out in the desert and he looks up and he sees the stars. It's not the one or two or three that, that you know, shine brightest. It's all of them. It's the galaxy that he beholds. And he's like, I'm just some guy and, and I'm old and I'm so old that my line will probably be covered by you know, my nephew because I, I don't have anyone in my family line to, to, to take care of it. And God says, trust me, I'm going to give you an heir. He takes him outside and says, look at the stars. This regular guy who didn't have a kid, and he says, look, look 
and those will be your heirs. And as, as we look at that, not only does from this line come the people of Israel, but because of that connection, because of the Messiah, when Abram looks up and as he becomes Abraham, those many descendants are not just his bloodline, but they are in fact the redeemed people of God. They are his church. And so from this man, this regular guy, the king says, no, from, from your bloodline, there will be blessing. And in fact, as we read in the book of Isaiah about who Jesus will be, it's not just that he is going to be the king in disguise. He will be the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace, the almighty God. And so this unprecedented people, God works through everyday people to bring about the Savior, to bring about the King. How often do we look at our own lives and want things to happen, things of greatness to happen to us that we, we look and we try and reach out to greatness. Just think of um, the autographs you try and get, right? What's the point of an autograph? I would say the autograph is actually going away and being taken over by the selfie. The point of those are to show that you have come in connection with greatness. You have connected with someone greater than yourself. And what God says is, I want to come and be amongst the people. Now, as we look, and we'll talk more about Jesus's lineage in a couple of weeks, these are regular people like you and me, people who experience suffering, people who experience joy, people who go about their daily jobs. The joy that we find in this unprecedented people is that God would use Abraham to create a nation and from this nation, he would protect it, not for the purpose of it being an earthly empire, but instead of him saying, no, you are my chosen people, and from you, the king is coming. And these people would get so frustrated because God would say, listen, I'm your king. You don't need a king. I'm your king. And so he would send what he called judges to come and protect them in their times of need. But all the while, he says, remember, I am your king. You don't need an earthly king. But the people start looking around them to all the nations, and they see how great kings are. And they say, no, Lord, this is how it's supposed to work. We have a king who's in control, who takes care of us, who conquers. So we want a king. We want power. And God says, that's not what you want. I'm your king. I'll care for you with the judges in your time of need. But the people keep saying, we want a king. So finally, God relents and says, you want a king? Here you go. And it begins with King Saul, and then David, and then David's line. And what we find out is the downfall of Israel is not based upon just completely their sin. They're falling away from God. It's based on the idea that they said, we want a king who's not you. We want an earthly king 
who will show us glory and power and might and build an empire so we can rule over more people, so we can gain more wealth. But God's plan, this unprecedented plan, said, no, this is going to be from unprecedented people. That the king is going to come in disguise. The king is going to come in and amongst the people. He won't come with the sound of trumpets and war. No, he will come to the sound of a manger, to the sounds of a barn, of animals who are eating and sleeping. Most likely in that time, some form of of cave, a rocky outcropping. It won't smell like a palace. It will smell like a feed trough. And so our king comes in disguise. In an unprecedented way, he steps down. He takes off his royal garments. He takes off all the power and and glory he's been given to come as an infant. He sets aside everything he has to be a baby like we once were, to step into this world and work among an unprecedented people, that it wasn't in in high places, it was in the lowly place. The king comes in disguise, not as some kind of experiment to try and figure out what's going on with the common folk. He doesn't come because he needs to sneak in and try and get past everyone so they don't recognize that he's king. No, the king comes in disguise because he says, when I go to the cross, I want you to know I have experienced your life. That when I go to the cross, I go not as simply the almighty God, but also the creation I made as an everyday person, completely God and completely man. The king comes in disguise for us so that we know he walks as we walked, he did as we did, that the people he has come from, from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, from the line of David, which was broken, You see, it was always prophesied that the Messiah would come from the line of David, but that line falls apart. And in fact, we see a root, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, who is David's father from that line, and so is Jesus. I mean, even to the point that it's not just that he comes along and is of the bloodline of David. No, he's adopted in to the bloodline of David. You see, even as the king comes, as he is in disguise, he sets this up for us, that we who may not be of the direct descendant and bloodline of the chosen people, but we are adopted into the church through our salvation, God even models that when he comes. His son comes to Joseph, who is of that line, but is not his biological father. It's his adopted Father. So even as the king comes in disguise, he models that idea of adoption for us. That joy that we can find there. 
God comes to an unprecedented people, simple, everyday people. To Mary, to Joseph, of the line of David, of Abraham, reaching all the way back. But he comes in disguise for us. He comes in disguise for our benefit. He comes simple because we are a people who can look and say, we need a savior. So this Advent, as you look around and see everything going on, this unprecedented time, remember we are an unprecedented people that our king would take on a disguise for us, not for his own benefit, but for ours. That he would choose regular everyday people to bring about his Messiah that he is the king. We don't need any others because he is the one who, when he is in disguise, he does it for our benefit, not his. Let's pray. Lord, let us rejoice in what you've done. Let us give thanks that you would step down setting aside your kingly robes and instead taking on our nature to be in disguise for us. Lord, let us rejoice in that this week, that we have a God who would be in disguise for us. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. A couple of quick announcements for this week. Uh, first off, Wednesdays, every Wednesday through Advent, we have a YouTube devotion that's happening. You can do this with your family just around the Advent wreath. We invite you to be a part of that. And it, hey, if you don't want to do it on Wednesday, you want to do it on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Heck, if you haven't done last week's, so you want to do it this week, that's fine. It's on our YouTube channel. You can find it there. There's a link for it at our narrative.church slash live on our website. Also, this is a very important time that there are two things I want to challenge you to do. The first one is we need those air mattresses that we give to Round Rock ISD for Advent. Joy Schultz has stepped up to help us deliver those and make sure they need to get where they're going. But if you go to our webpage, to our homepage, narrative.church, and scroll down, you can find all the information you need when you click the button for air mattresses for Advent. Listen, this is a big deal what we do. We're a small church, but this is a big impact we can have. Every year at this time, we get to come in and help restock these air mattresses for kids who don't have beds. And I think it's our challenge this year in the midst of everything to do as best we can again. So I challenge you, go to narrative.church, scroll down the webpage, find that button for air mattresses for Advent. You can find out all the information you need there to get air mattresses so we can get them to these kids. Now, second, uh, Christmas Eve is going to be a little bit different this year because the brewery is going to be open from 4 to 10. We're going to have our worship together, a time of carols and song and a short message at 2 o'clock. That's a lot earlier than usual, but we still wanted to get together. So that's 2 o'clock on the 24th. Now, I shared with you last week, I was really looking forward to that candlelight, silent night. It's something I, that just gets me excited. So Matt and I talked to him, he said, we're not going to get rid of that. We want to do that. So Matt and I are going to put together a devotion that you can do at home with your family. And we have a kit for you 
to do those things. We need you to sign up so we know how many kits we need to make. So once again, if you go to the website, and then if you click events up in the corner and you scroll down to the Christmas Eve event, you'll see a sign up there where you can let us know how much stuff you need for your Christmas Eve Devo kit. This is gonna be a great thing. Matt and I are really excited to be able to put this together for you, but we have some volunteers who are putting together those kits and we just need to know how many we need and then give you the times that you can pick them up um, so you can use them on Christmas Eve. And it's something you can do with your immediate family, with friends or family who are in town. Just let us know how many you have. But we need to know earlier rather than later. So if we need to order more things, we can get those. But it's going to be great. So I'd encourage you, go and sign up after worship, right? You have your laptop out already. So just as soon as we're done, head over to narrative.church and explore all of that stuff. Now remember, God stepped down in disguise for us. And in fact, part of where we are now is that that disguise that Jesus now lives in us, that, that we kind of get to be part of that disguise, that we get to be his hands and feet in the world. So as you go out this week, live in the promise that God came in disguise for you and that you get to now go out as his people in disguise for him to be light shining into the world. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. <laughs>